So this is uh, Witch Police Radio, episode number 38, and uh, this was another episode that Sam wasn't able to make it to, so it was just John and I, I'm Rob. Yeah, I and wasn't, I'm here for the intro, but I wasn't here for the uh, the show. But the, the guy who's your guest this week is also named Sam, just to, uh, you know, makes it a little more confusing. Yeah, but, just uh, to clarify yeah, things. Yeah, so it's not Sam, yeah, anyway, whatever, you get it. Uh, his name's Sam Kulak, he... Uh, why is he here? Why is he on the show? I think he was just John's roommate, and he was readily available. We, we did the episode at John's house, so, yeah. you know, Sam was there. Yeah. But <laughs> the good thing, though, I mean, it's not just some guy. Like, he is actually a musician. I mean, he plays music. I've seen him play, um, I think, various times over the years, like Jesse Majors or someone would be playing a show, and he'd be opening with a banjo or something. Yeah, and, well, he, was, uh, he was in that band, like, a long time ago. Um, uh, it, it always, I always got it confused with Mahogany Frog, which was obviously something way different. Yeah. yeah. Um, Monochrome Gnome. I don't think I ever saw him. Yeah, I think that band played at the old Academy all the time. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but he's he has more recent incarnations. Yeah, like he actually gave. Actually, I, I feel bad about this. He gave me a tape, or he gave John a tape to give me to put up on Witch Police, and I had some kind of problem when I was um, digitizing it. Yeah, and then I just never got around to redoing it. It'll happen. So it'll happen. He's got a whole album of, of his own. Do you know what that's called or what that's under? I think it's um, no, but it's instrumental. It's an instrumental tape. It's interesting. Uh, and I, I get to put it up eventually, so I just got to get the motivation to do it. And he's also, um, more recently, was in the Wet Bananas. I don't know if that's a going thing or not, but that's him and John. And they played a show, I guess, a couple months ago at the Orange House. And that's available on which place to download. Though. Well, they live together now, so I imagine... So, yeah, they probably make more music, even, right? Yeah, if, even if... Hopefully, they'll change their name, because it's a really dumb name. But uh, I'm sure they'll... You, I think they'll keep it. I, I'm pretty... Come on. Yeah, I guess so. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but they'll probably continue to make music together. Hopefully, they yeah. do. Yeah, well, I mean, last time I was at John their house, I called John's house it was their house, I guess. Uh, yeah. You know, they had a whole setup going down in the basement. So yeah, so yeah, so so he was on the show, and um, yeah, he was a, he was a good guest. Like um, he's 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 got he definitely has like um, you know he's definitely really interested in music and has has I think deep taste in music and his picks were really interesting. So oh, cool. The theme was bumpy, right? Yeah, which is a weird theme, but uh, it worked oddly enough. And that was from our usual randomly generated, uh, random word generator theme thing. So it's, uh, you know, spits out whatever we have to deal with, whatever we get from it. So Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to play a song by him in some form or another. Yeah, you know, I actually want to play one of the Wet Banana songs. They had one that I really liked. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was uh, it was really, really kind of quiet. Like, they played a set at the Orange House, which is... Um, We've put a few recordings up from shows there. It's some friends of mine who live there, and they occasionally have coffee house shows like once a month or something. I think they're doing one in a few weeks, but by the time this comes airs, it'll be already over. But like, what look, kind of what kind of like how do few people can people find out about the Orange? They House? They have a Facebook page, so just look up the Orange House on Facebook, and um, I, I, it's probably Facebook. Is it all kind of like folky? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Stuff? They've had uh, they've had a few people that like we. Um, Is it like in an apartment? No, it's a house. It's it in the West House. End. It's a house in the West End, and it's not a venue. It's like they live there. Yeah. But it's it, it's a there's a bunch of people that live there. Like there's you know there's a couple, and then there's a bunch of other people who are staying there upstairs and stuff. So and, uh, most of them are musicians. Okay. So they have these little coffee house things. Usually for fundraisers for stuff in the house. Like they needed a dishwasher, so they did a coffee house. Like donate whatever you want. Oh, that's cool. kind of thing. So they've had like mostly acoustic type stuff. I played a little <laughs> bit there, like just harmonica for somebody, and uh, like uh, uh, Matt Steve has played there two or three times. Okay. And he's been on the show, and his music's all over Witch Police. Uh, the Tims Haverluck. Oh yeah, I, I I got managed to get him on one of those. Um, oh, cool! And he did it was him and a drummer, oh, and they cool. did their kind of bluesy sort of thing. So oh, that, so there is like drums there. So it's that was the just... only time, as far as I know, 
that they had but that wasn't an issue. Did the is it like do the shows need to be done by a certain time or? I don't think so. I mean, it's in their house, right? Are I, they early shows? No, they 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 were going pretty late. I think I remember. Well, it wasn't like bar shows where it goes to like four or something. You know, but it was, you know, it was like a reasonable evening out at a, someone's house and watching folk music. Okay. But anyway, so the Wet Bananas played at one of them, and there's a recording we got um, of the set, and the recording is actually pretty good quality, I think, considering it was just with one of these Zoom H1s that we used to record the podcast with. Right. And there was a song they did that was considerably quieter than the other ones, and it was just like uh, both him and Sam and John singing, like, really kind of weird little... It's like a... It's, uh, John would call it like a pretty little ditty or whatever, you know, whatever he says. And yeah. That kind of thing, so... so I like it. It's, uh, it's a good song. So we'll play that, and you can hear the Wet Bananas. I don't know how much that reflects on Sam's other music or even music he's making with John now. Well, wasn't the Whip Bananas still like just Sam's stuff and then he asked John to accompany him? Oh, it might have been. I'm not sure. I never asked them. I just assumed it was something. I mean, John, the ones John sang lead on were a lot of like Beck covers. We well, did one Beck cover. Oh, okay. And then it, it was really good actually. But um, Cool. John should sing more Beck songs. Seriously, he has a good voice for it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, .com, uh podcasts, download them all. Facebook at witchpolice.fm uh, Sorry, Twitter at witchpolice.fm, facebook.com slash witchpoliceradio, and uh, check it all out, and enjoy the show.
All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. You're here with uh, regular host John, regular host Rob, and other Sam. This is uh, our guest this week is Sam Kulak. You uh, could potentially know him from Wet Bananas or Sam Kulak and the Five Nosehairs or anybody else? Bronze Kneecap. Bronze Kneecap. Yeah. Yeah, who just released a tape few months ago. Was that self-released? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just through me. Where can you get the cassettes if people are interested? Uh, you'd have to ask me. I don't, yeah, I haven't put them in any shops yet or anything. Is there like Facebook or anything like that? Uh, no. Uh, (laughs) Well, you have to find bronze kneecap and then you may have the have bronze kneecap. You have to be initiated. No, you can email me at funkeverything at hotmail.com. If you're funk everything. Yeah, all one word. Yeah, if you're very interested. <laughs> you might well, get some interesting emails. I'm sure we'll play I'm sure we'll play a song at the beginning of the episode to you know, to a yeah. 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 That would be cool. Alright, so uh, if you're somehow joining us for the first time, uh, here on Witch Police Radio we go online, find a random word generator and it will generate a random word, which is then our theme for the for the show. This week's theme is Bumpy. Bumpy is the theme of the show. It's a strange word. Yeah, I don't really like it. Well, as a word. It, reminds I, I, it, well, it has its place. It has its place. It, it makes me think of like things. an uncomfortable something. Nothing. What's bumpy and good? Well, it kind of reminds me of like Archie's jalopy or something. Why? Because <laughs> it's got to be bumpy, you know? Oh, like, it's a bumpy ride. He bumps yeah. along, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's what it makes me think of, is like an uncomfortable ride. I kept thinking of acne. Yeah. And I even was going <laughs> was, I was even going to play a song called Bad Acne by, by oh, that's, Sex. that's really good. But then, I, I don't know. It's like a song that I, I had the 12-inch, but I bought it like in 2004, and I probably haven't listened to it since 2006. So did you, did you re-listen to it then? Yeah, I re-listened to it, and it's not... Not it was I had better songs to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, like I started thinking about the term bumpy, and it can go. I'm trying to think of good, like bump and grind, which is kind of euphemism for sex. So that's good. Yeah, there's a lot of music out there <laughs> in that vein. Yeah, I was trying to think of it in different ways too, and come up with something interesting. Because uh, outside of the obvious, like a a bumping party or something. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also like that sort of feeling, the visceral feeling of bumpy which yeah, know, so comes, like, comes across in some songs. Yeah. You know. Kind of jagged or I don't know if I I don't know if I can like say that I feel songs to be bumpy. Like I can't Well, I guess like a bumpy song to me would be something with like a lot of bass and like I was actually I was going to look for something um that was a bit jolted and made it, made it sound like a, a record or a CD skipping. Like it was being bumped. Yeah. Because um, some yeah. music is a kind of jolty like that. It just kind of uh, cuts in and out. I do have some music like that, but I'm not going to play <laughs> Well, I actually kind of thought something similar, but then I went down the wormhole and it's like, well, then you can just play anything you have on vinyl because vinyl is bumpy. Right. Yeah, it's we can just, like just mess up. and pops and stuff. Like yeah, that. or even in the grooves, there's like little microscopic bumps in the grooves, right? That's yeah. what makes the sound. Does that necessarily, it doesn't necessarily come across, though, when you're listening to it. Exactly. We could have played one of those 
have you seen, you know those like pianos that have those like rolls in them and the rolls have yeah, like it's a, called a player piano yeah ooh like yeah something that sounds kind of old and honky tonky they usually do sound kind of have that old fashioned sound yeah we didn't do any of that though did we no what did we do well, let's jump into a song. Okay. Well, let's let our uh, guest Sam jump into one first. All right. Well, if this is the right song. <clears throat> All right. So, yes, it is a song called Strawberry Rash off of the album Julius Caesar by the artist known as Smog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is Smog is it main, the main singer guy or is it a, a gr- the group? Uh, Smog Smog is sort of the moniker for Bill Callahan, okay. who's the singer songwriter guy, and he also branched out later in his career to become just Bill Callahan. He had he has at least one or two couple albums under that name, but yeah, Smog was his sort of original moniker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, this is one of his earlier albums, I think. He may have had one or two before this one, but um, yeah, so it's pretty lo-fi, and his voice is a lot different than later. Like later on, his voice gets a lot deeper, and yeah, I mean, it's still pretty, you know. So, what year is this song that you're gonna play from? Uh, this album was released in 1993 on Drag City Records. Um, so, how old would he be at this time? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I would guess. You know, maybe maybe late teens, early twenties. Oh, really? That young, eh? Yeah, that's what I would think from the image on the album. There's a picture of what I assume is him. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first Smog song I heard was "The Well." The Well, yeah, that's where he's already singing pretty deep. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he still has his voice, but it's you know not it fully, fully developed. developed yeah. yeah. How did you get into Smog? Um, actually, through my friend Fletcher. Um, we, yeah, he kind of turned me on and we went to see a concert he played at the West End Cultural Center years ago, um, when he had this album called Knock Knock. Mm -hmm. Um, it was pretty poppy, I think even a couple of songs appeared in some film, I'm not sure which, but then I remember we were at the- Miss Sunshine, probably. (laughs) Every, every cool song appeared in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I remember a specific moment when, like, like a fan yelled out, like, you know, play this song. And he was like, kind of aghast, and <laughs> he didn't want to play. Not into it. No, no. And did he refuse to play it? Uh, he played it later on, but he uh, didn't play it right then. Want to veer from the set list? Yeah. yeah. And at one point, his he was playing the guitar and like getting into it, and then his um, you know the plug on came undone in his guitar, so he had to plug it back in. <laughs> <laughs> good story <laughs> Crazy. Is, really. that, is that your review no that's just what happened it was a very small moment but. what do you think do you think that do you think a musician like that has an obligation to play to play requests or or do you think they should just be up there to do whatever they want to do like because i heard billy corgan on on q recently Billy Corgan. Did, oh, did I bring? Did I talk about Billy Corgan on the last podcast? I yeah, did. you and like multiple. I think you're a very closeted, very big fan <laughs> Billy Corgan. He's, he's well. I always like read like article. Well, I always see interviews with him or hear interviews with him. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, he was like, he just refuses to take requests. Like he's like, I'm up here to do what I'm gonna do, and if you don't like it, there's the door. Yeah. Well, I mean. 
I think with a, a smog performance, you have to kind of go and like I I saw him again years later in England at uh, performing and it was quite good and he told quite a funny joke, but I mean that's sort of you know. It was, better than, it, it was better than the cord falling out of his guitar. Yeah. Is he, is he American or British? Yeah, or? he's American. I'm not sure from... I think he's kind of moved around in his youth. But, uh, yeah, in terms of your question, uh, I don't know. Like, he's got lots of good songs. You know, I don't know. He, It's okay to play requests, but I think, for example, I went to, like, a Pixie show when they had their reunion tour, and... You know, everyone was singing along t- to the point where I couldn't actually hear the band singing. Oh, yeah. And I, for me, that's, you know, it takes a bit away. Because, you know, you want to go when you want to see the artist sing. You know, you don't want to hear a bunch of people who can't sing very well singing yeah. the songs. So, you know, I think I give it to the artist to kind of put the show, you know, do what they want to do. and or Do know. their set and then, like, if they still haven't played something that you really wanted to, you know, scream that out for an encore. Yeah, because I've, like, I, I was going to say I saw AC Alone at the West End Cultural Center. And he 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 played his whole set. And right. then at the end, he was like... He started taking requests. Right. Yeah. That's good. Which was really cool. He actually took one of the requests that I yelled out, which, and he did it, which was really awesome. Yeah, that's cool, because fans have a sort of, you know, connection with certain songs, and they want to hear them performed. Well, it's cool when an artist like that is just like... You know, when an artist like that has such a back catalog like has so much classic material that he can do that like mm-hmm. I think a lot of artists I shouldn't say a lot of artists but there are sure for sure some artists who would be like can you please play this song and they may not may not know how to like play the song or don't remember it ah yes I definitely have been to a show fairly recently where that happened not necessarily that the request came but he um, it was actually the artist I'm gonna play one of his tracks tonight oh. um, Chad Van Galen I went to a show and he kept trying to play this one song. It wasn't on request, but he didn't remember the lyrics. And he attempted it about three times. And I think at least, you know, I knew the lyrics better than he did. Oh, no. <laughs> I kind of, like, shouted them out. But he never got through the song. He only played it. What an ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, probably shouldn't have chosen well, to play that song. Yeah, he's got a lot of material. <laughs> Can't fault the guy. All right, well, so what are we going to listen to right now? Okay, well, let's, let's listen it. to the Smog song. So it's called Strawberry Rash off of his album called Julius Caesar, uh, 1993, um, off Drag City Records. All right. His guitar was unplugged, and he plugged it back in one time. That's true. Here it is working. <laughs> Strawberry rash One on each cheek Coins in the crack Meet strawberry rash
gonna swallow glass Meet strawberry rash What was that song called? Uh, Strawberry Rash by Smog. Remember the Smoggies? I don't Is that a award show? The cartoon? No. Where they were. Sounds like the Razzies. It was like the Smoggies, and they were like kind of like. uh, What were they? They were trying to like shut down like a polluting boat? I don't even remember. It's weird though. Like Captain Planet? No, it wasn't like. It wasn't that. I don't think it was that like. uh, They weren't that aware of what they were doing. You know, there were... I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But there's a cartoon called The Smoggies. Okay, I've never heard of that. <laughs> um, so was that guy like a bedroom kind of... Like at this point, he was just recording in his bedroom type of thing, or...? Uh, you know, I you know would assume that. I mean, late subsequent albums have been done in, uh, you know, studios, but I think that one was probably recorded on a four-track or something So like did that. he have, like... Was this all him, like playing all instruments type of thing, or...? Um, I would assume so. I think there's it's a couple tracks on this album. You know, he has guests like a cello player or something like that. But I think for the most part, it's probably just him playing, playing most of the instruments. But yeah, cool. Yeah, but I, I found it to be a pretty bumpy song. It is pretty bumpy. Yeah. Were those the questions? The strawberry rash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More so for the drums, that's like the big thing because it's yeah, kind of yeah. like offbeat and you know giving a feeling of you know, not in sync a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right, well, should I play a, a tune? No, I'll play because I know what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna play Silver Apples, a song called Pox on You, and I chose it because pox, chicken pox. Hey, thank you, bumpy. Yeah, chicken pox are bumpy. Have you ever had chicken pox? I, I hope we've I all had I, chicken pox. I've had chicken pox, yeah. I remember I had it once when my, my cousins were visiting our house and I had to stay in a sleeping bag in my parents' room the whole time. <laughs> Sequestered in a yeah. sleeping bag. 
That's okay though, because like my cousins, none of my cousins live in in Winnipeg. Yeah. So it's like they all actually live on farms in Saskatchewan or Manitoba. So it's we don't really have a lot in common. Drinking. We have drinking in common, yeah. But it's like other than that, they're into Garth Brooks and like Red Green. Nothing wrong with Red Brooks and Garth Green. I mean, green. <laughs> <laughs> or drinking. <laughs> but uh, I had some good times with the cousins over the years. But that was that was one time I had to stay in the room. Yeah, you really have to meet at like a, a midpoint. Like if you can both enjoy uh, well, it was, it was horseshoes. E- it was easier when we were kids, you know, because like yeah. we could just whatever fuck around, but. Yeah, the older you get, it's like it's hard to have a like a basis of what you, what to talk about. Like, mm-hmm. it's like just completely different lives and completely different worlds. Um, but yeah, so this uh, song I'm gonna play is off of uh, Silver Apples' second album called Contact. Yeah, and uh, they had. They, like this album came out in '68, I think. Their first album was '67, and then it was kind of it wasn't it wasn't a huge success by any means, but it it definitely gave started to give them like like cult status, like in New York underground scene, because um, the guy the, the the lead guy Simeon, who was the guy who who did the synthesizers and vocals, he like in, he he invented his own like electronics like he put all these oscillators together with all these like pedals that he would like trigger and he just he basically just was like one of the first like pop electronic musicians and then he played with this sorry I gotta look up his name here yeah there's just two main guys right well there was Simeon was the main guy and then Danny Taylor played drums and they were actually in a band together like a bigger band which was just like a you know a 60s rock and roll band and Simeon started to bring these like oscillators and and homemade synthesizers to practice and and like the other band members got like alienated and they were like annoyed yeah it probably doesn't yeah so he just yeah and like he he doesn't know how to play he's never learned how to play piano or anything he's just doing it all like self and it's a lot of experimental stuff like when you're yeah walking around with wavelengths and yeah and a lot of the stuff like a lot of the a lot of the songs even on the records are like they're different every time because he doesn't know how he does it like I was reading this one thing about how he talks about one of the songs he just turns a knob randomly. Like he sometimes right. he, when he's playing it live, he closes his eyes and turns the knob. He doesn't even he has no idea how it, how he's supposed to do it. Yeah, and, when I've had a chance to play with like kind of old uh, classic style synths and with all the knobs and stuff, when you make a sound, it can be really hard to replicate again unless you know what you were doing at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, so they put out uh, their first album and kind of got like a cult status in in New York. Like it was the, to the point where like like I've seen YouTube videos of like models from the day talking about how much they love Silver Apples. Like John Lennon was a fan. Mm-hmm. Like they were kind of that status. And so they put out a second record, Contact, which is uh, the album that the song we're gonna play is off of. And they they did a little tour. You know they weren't making very much money. They weren't popular. And uh, they also weren't ma- making very much money because I guess they're, the record label is trying to put a lot of money into them, like to promote them, but they didn't really know how to promote them, so that money wasn't really working. So they weren't making money back. And on the back of I have the record here. On the back of the record is uh, a picture of of the two me- members sitting, like in the wreckage of a plane crash. And I guess. 
I don't really see it, to be honest, but apparently there's some allusion to Pan Am airline, and apparently Pan Am didn't want to be associated with this picture. Maybe that's actually why I don't see it, because maybe it's been, this is probably, a, yeah, this is a, a reissue, and maybe they've taken it out, but like yeah. Pan Am like sued the shit out of their record label and the band. So they had another album that was like finished the year after this one called The Garden, which was shelved because the record label ended up getting bought out by MCA and MCA didn't know what the fuck to do with these guys so they just whatever shelved them and The Garden ended up coming out in like the 90s and it's a pretty good album too but uh it took until the 90s yeah to the 90s like um for a while like Simeon was was touring with and without the drummer he was touring with as a three-piece band for a while then he just he was like gave it up for a while and just started painting mm-hmm. and then he uh, well he didn't start painting he was always painting but he just focused on painting and then in the 90s there was kind of this resurgence I think these like German labels started to put out their records on CDs like reissue them on CD and so like there was a demand for them again and then they ended up putting out two albums of new material in the 90s and then the reissue of the one from 1970 that was shelved Mm. and um, yeah the drummer's dead now Simeon's still going playing shows and stuff and so uh, yeah I guess that's all I have to say this is uh, so this is Pox on You A Pox on You by Silver Apples from uh, 1968 off their album Contact you 
So that was a pox on you by Silver Apples. Silver Apples. Where'd they get their name? They got it from a poem by Yates. Yates poem. Yeah. Have you read the poem? Have I heard the poem? Yeah. I haven't heard it. Read it? Have you read I haven't it? read it either. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I've, I do have a Yates book that I've been kind of flipping through and reading, but something about that kind of, well, Yates isn't so bad, but some poetry where it's like written in old English style, it's like I can't get into. Yeah. I got this, this has come up as well on the pod. I got like Ezra Pound's Cantos. That's not even that old. Yeah, but have you read it? No. <laughs> it's like, you have to be like a fucking, you have to be like a, a English professor and a classics professor to understand what the fuck he's talking about. Like, oh, really? Everything's such a reference to like, culture, like his, the history of culture. It's like, uh, Ezra Pound's crazy too, because he was like, I think he was like a Nazi. Really? He, he was out of his mind, right? Like, huh. he's crazy. And so he... During Second World War, I think he, like, def- like defected to Italy because he was, like, a fascist. He was really into fascism. Hmm. I didn't know any of this about him. I just knew that he really seemed to champion other artists and try to get their work published. And he, he did a lot of his stuff from jail, too, because of... of yeah. Or, and he, he, like, stayed in Italy because if he had gone back to the States, they would have put him in jail for treason. Hmm. So he's American? I think so. I'm like I'm not I'm not an Ezra Pound like no, so historian, too. but yeah. All right, well that was a good tune. That's yeah, it's, I really like that song. Yeah. So the reference to the bumpy was the pox. The pox, yeah, chicken yeah. pox. Yeah, creates bumps. Yeah, right. I I mean a pox. It doesn't even need to be a chicken pox. Like presumably a pox in it's general. Can result in. Uh, yeah, it can result in bumps. What is a pox? A curse. Yeah, I think so. So yeah. it's like when you have the chicken pox, you have the curse of the chickens. Oh, because the chickens are bumpy. They got the bumpy, you know, like when you get like turkey legs or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, the turkey bumps. Goose, goose bumps. Goose bumps. That's right. <laughs> what's, the, what's the other word for goose bumps? Skin perfusions? Uh, no. What's, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one that... When, I, when you hear people say it... It's like British like, people oh, use it. It's goose bumps. What are you talking about? Uh, goose pimples. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a fucking anticlimactic... Discovery. Yeah. Goose pimples. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a good Discovery did not give me okay. goose pimples. No. Well, what's your song, John? Well, I made a last uh last minute decision change just to play something uh a little more interesting. I'm gonna play a song by television. The song is Friction and for obvious reasons, you know bumpy things can have uh can cause friction. <laughs> and uh so this song is off their first album uh marquee moon which is the only like i think they only have two albums before they broke up all right uh and this is a it's a great album i like it quite a bit and i haven't heard their second album actually i don't know if rob or sam has yeah i have it on vinyl what do you th- is it any good it's not as good as marquee moon in my opinion no it's I more mean, of the same hard. stuff but like lesser like not as good not as good opinion. yeah because like the song Marky Moon is what, like eleven minutes long or something. It's a really good song. It's great. It's a great song. And uh this is a great song too. And um yeah, these guys were around in kind of mid seventies, uh, New York, I believe. And yeah, this certainly has gone on to become sort of a pop 
popular popular record. It's probably popular and it, well, it was popular when it came out too. Uh, so let's check it out. This is Friction Television. <laughs>
That was Friction by Television. And yeah, it's a great album. I think the coolest thing about Television is the fact that um, the famous American philosopher Quine, his son worked at a record store with the lead singer of Television. Yeah, and what were you telling me before? How like people... Like, what was the connection? Because people would know the son, but they wouldn't realize who he was or something? Yeah, because he played guitar. Like, he was he was a pretty well-known guitarist. Like, he played with... I think he toured with, like... Uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I feel like it was, like, Iggy Pop or someone, or... No, because it, it was, like, someone who wasn't, like... It was, it was weird, but he was part of that scene. He kind of bummed around in bands, and then he, like, was touring around with some... With some guy... Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Because I just found that out like a few months ago. I was just... How did that come up? I was Googling Quine. I was like the philosopher. Because everyone will know him from his book. Quine's book? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. Fuck yeah. Derrida is probably what his book is called. His book's called Quine's book. Yeah, Quine's book. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, what's... He wrote... He writes on logic and like Quinn stuff. Quinn Sinan. What's that? Quinesign. He's the the quintessential. Yeah. His book is called the quintessential Quine. We got uh, two dogmas of empiricism. There you go. Yeah, that's a pretty famous. Word one. and object. Sure. Know. So he was like he was he was one of the groups or he was one of the, one of the guys who spearheaded a group of American philosophers that when Derrida was getting an honorary degree, yeah, not in, not into it. Yeah, he wrote this like really they. They wrote this like really scathing letter to this university, or in this paper, and it was like misquoting Derrida and stuff, like really harsh and like just saying. It's Derrida's one thing to not like the philosopher. To misquote him is not so good. Well, it's one thing to be like he doesn't deserve a, an honorary degree. Like, like a lot of Thompson a lot of a yeah, a lot of people degree. who don't necessarily deserve one get an honorary degree. Is it a de facto law degree when it's like that? Do you get a, a law degree? No, I don't think so. No? How do they decide, though? I guess it's supposed to be in your field, but not... Or sort of? Well, it's like Bono would would get, like, a wearing sunglasses degree. Yeah. Oh, from what university? From the wearing sun... From fucking... <laughs> Sunny U. Sunny U, come on. <laughs> you get it from Berkeley. I was reading, um... From Oakley. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about, uh... Oakley University. <laughs> uh, there's a... I was reading about uh, an editor from the New Yorker who had been there for like the longest time and I don't know if he was being asked to leave or you know he's pretty old something was happening there was going to be a transition and there was another editor from I don't know they've been part of uh, some publication that you know isn't Playgirl a little a couple up from Playgirl but not quite as respected like Vanity Fair which isn't too bad now I guess I don't know yeah Playgirl's probably better than Vanity Fair more respected (laughs) But uh, the move was made without, like, the editorial board or anybody on staff at The New Yorker. It was just made by some higher-ups. And they wrote, all the editors wrote, like, someone wrote a letter, penned a letter, basically asking this new editor who had already been hired just not to accept the position and not to come. And then they all signed the letter. And it was signed by, like, a lot of famous, this was, I think, in, like, the 50s, a lot of famous writers. Truman Capote. Capote. Uh... Catcher in the Rye, Salinger. Signed it. I don't. It was signed by like those three pages of signatures, asking this person not to come to the magazine, and then they 
came and were editor for like six years. Anyway, six years, six years. It's not very many years. No, uh, they w- didn't have a very easy time. But they were well spoken of after the fact. Have you ever read The New Yorker? Yeah. Yeah, John used to have a subscription in Korea. Ugh, of course you did. That's so dumb. In fact, he asked me to subscribe. Have you ever read The New Yorker? Yeah, it's the dumbest. John loves it. I'm kind of <laughs> contemplating... You're such a pretentious dick right now with the- your like little glasses. <laughs> yeah, I read The New Yorker. I'm currently <laughs> contemplating a subscription. Yeah, go for it. You should. Or you could subscribe to another magazine. Playgirl? Eh, probably not. Ad Busters? <laughs> nah, I like what's, what's a good magazine to subscribe to? Wax Poetics. I don't know that one. No, I don't know any good magazines, really. Canadian Dimension. It's fucking published in... down. Its offices are on Albert Street. Yeah. I, I have a subscription to it. I like it. No, you don't. I do. I've been to your own. I figured I would have seen one around your house at some point. I don't invite you to my house. No, but I'm there. Because you read the New Yorker. I'm there. <laughs> no one, anyone who has a subscription to the New Yorker in my apartment. Putting <laughs> their shiny shine shoes on your. Just judging my, like, fucking decor. Well, this won't do. <laughs> Doesn't have an eyeglass. <laughs> the thing about Salinger was etc 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 alright well enough of this uh, sophisticated talk let's get on some more tunes music Sam you got something else you're going to play I do in fact it's a bumpy tune by as we had mentioned earlier in the program Chad Van Galen but it's under his moniker Black Mold and this uh, when did it come out? I'm not sure. It's released under Flemish Eye Records. And oh yeah, it came out in 2009. So this is his sort of. There's no kind of vocals in this stuff. As you know, he has a lot of poppy kind of rock, you know, releases. But this is all sort of, you know, instrumental. And, you know, there's some organic instruments and as well as like blippity bloops. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a combination of the two. How. How uh, like successful is Chad Van Galen? Well, I'm not one to you know say such a thing, but I, as far as I know, he makes his living off of his art and his music. His um, art and his music. Yeah, he does lots of animation videos um, for his own music as well as other artists, and I think he, I believe, he's working on a feature-length sci-fi animation video at the moment. I, you know, he hasn't released an album for quite some time, but I think. That he's hunkering down and doing something hmm. or maybe he's just sort of bailing out his basement from the flood because he lives in Calgary so hmm. he might be doing that feature length well feature length let's take this time to to tell all the our, all our listeners in Calgary that we're sorry it's not your fault and we hope they pull through that's nice do you have listeners in Calgary I hope so yeah that would be nice it's our next step in where we want to reach with our listenership. Mm-hmm. Sam, do you eat meat? Um, I have, you know, eaten meat in the past. Are you a vegetarian at this moment? I would not say so. There's this place in Calgary called the Palomino. It's barbecue place. If you're ever in Calgary, you got to eat there. Palomino, but it's no relation to the Palomino Club here in Winnipeg. Absolutely not. No, there's no. There's no kooks. I've heard they serve food at the Palomino <laughs> Club in Winnipeg. 
I don't think it's the same quality. Not the same quality. Okay. But it's no. good barbecue meat. Incredible. Mm. I had a, for, it was the only time I've ever had corn on the cob wrapped in bacon. <laughs> wow. It was amazing. That was special. Speaking of special, <laughs> it's a special song. Yes. Oh, yeah. Black so, Mold. And it's called Dr. Snooth. supposed to sound like that. Bumpy. Your stereo or speakers are not broken. Dr. Sneath. Dr. Sneath. Or Snout. By Black Mold. Yeah. Well, you know how, like, Andy Kaufman, when he got a chance to do, like, a TV special, wanted to, like, fuck around and make Mm -hmm. it so it looked like people's TVs were malfunctioning? Do you think uh, musicians do that, too? Make it sound like your your stereo is malfunctioning? Or is it just the music that they're making and it happens to sound like that? Instead of being like on purpose, like there's a lot of crackling in that song. Yeah, but I think that's just sort of like an aesthetic, like and it also kind of creates a, you know, not quite a rhythm, but a kind of continuity throughout the whole, because like, a texture more than a, a rhythm. I yeah. Guess. Yeah, which is kind of cool, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just different sort of tones and weird things. Does he play that kind of stuff live? I don't know. I don't know. That he has, but I mean, I'm, he must have. But I think he's so well known as Chad Van Galen that it might be hard to do a black mold show. You know, I don't know if do he's you think that weighs heavy upon him being so well known as Chad Van Galen. I'm sure he doesn't give a rat's ass either way. What if? But what about if he's up there like with just his acoustic guitar and someone's yelling out black mold requests? He's like, I don't have all my weird electrono synth glitch. What, he just needs his laptop. Just press fucking space for on the he laptop. Goes, take Actually, take no, no. Go I think most of this is done on sort of organic, uh, well, not organic, that's the wrong word, but analog um, devices. Really? Yeah. Mm. I mean, as far as I know, but what do I know? Who knows what he's got down there? Yeah. yeah. No, but I think he does have a lot of sort of weird equipment and kind of lots of whatever the word is, you know, kind of taking gadgets apart and getting the strange sounds yeah out of them. I read that too because I played Switch a Chad Van Galen song quite a, like a little while back and was reading about this project and I'd never I've never actually listened to it yeah I'm glad that I'll have a chance to yeah yeah it's cool like there's I mean lots of the albums you know very pop oriented in a way but also using interesting sounds and textures as well it was interesting I like it like it, 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 I, don't, it, I don't know how many times I would listen to that song though 
What? Well, that's a bumpy song. It's very short. I mean, the rest it of the album. Yeah, I also think if the whole album was like that, that wouldn't do. But if this is like sort of in between song, more songish songs, I can, I can put up it the. It wouldn't do. It wouldn't do as an album. It wouldn't yeah. be a proper album. No, but it's quite a varied album. You know, lots of different stuff. What's the album called? Um, it is called. Uh, oh, it doesn't even say. It does say. The album is called Snow Blindness is Crystal Ants. I don't get it. That was the final straw. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah, it's a kind of random sounding title for an album, but, you know, what can you do? There's album tracks called Wet Ferns, Smoking Rat Shit, Barn Swallow vs. SK-1, <laughs> and... Let's see, whenever. Swimming to food. I wonder how many copies of this album he sold. Yeah. I wonder if I went on isohunt.com if I could download it. Possibly. I'm sure he sold quite a few, you know. Can we find that out? Do it right now. You have, you have a computer. Alright, let me compute. This is just such such a terrible thing to do. It's like, we're, we're like telling people that they can download this person's album. Oh, no, I was going to see if I could find out how many albums it sold. Oh, okay, I was going to I thought you were going to see if you could find it on ISO Hunt. All right, well, why don't you start introducing... Uh, okay, I'm going to play a real song. No, <laughs> well, I, Rob I didn't like that last No, time. I actually did. I was in, I'm just being a dad. <laughs> um, I have a very open mind. I'm a very open-minded person. Probably, <laughs> probably more open-minded than anybody else in the room. Wow. That's um, how open-minded you are. <laughs> Music. So I'm gonna play, um, I'm gonna play Freddy, a uh, Freddy the Fox song. Um, it's actually a Boogie Down production song, but it features Freddy Fox. The reason I'm playing it is because Freddy Fox's alias is Bumpy Knuckles, ah. because he likes to punch people. I assume is the reason he calls himself Bumpy Knuckles. Maybe he just cracks his knuckles a lot. I don't. Maybe he probably does both. Um. But so Freddy Fox or Bumpy Knuckles, he's from Long Island, New York. He grew up two doors down from Rakim. And uh, there's actually this crazy story about how um, this kind of guy from the neighborhood from Long Island brought Eric B. to uh, Eric B. and Rakim fame, brought him to Long Island because Eric B. was looking, he had got signed and he was looking for a rapper to work with. Eric B being a producer and DJ and and so he was asking this guy like who who should I work with and he was like you should work with Bumpy Knuckle or you should work with Freddie Fox and and so Freddie Fox met the guy and he's like yeah sure I'll come do songs with you and then Freddie Fox started thinking about it and he's like well you know what I'm in a I'm in a band or I'm in a group because um, he was in a group at the time called uh Supreme Force and he's like this This producer's coming from wherever he's coming from he's not going to want to work with my group I'm with my group you know like I can't I'm not going to front on my group so he didn't show up to the session to the studio session with Eric B and so Eric B ended up going with Rakim and of course Eric B and Rakim you know made amazing classic music together mm -hmm. um, but a couple a couple years later after Rakim and Eric B came out um Freddie Fox put out an album that was produced by Eric B and, and apparently it was just made with Eric B and Freddie Fox in the studio waiting for Rakim to show up 
to hmm. the studio because apparently Rakim was kind of on his own time and did what he whatever he wanted to, and Freddie Fox would be there waiting and he would get on he would get on the mic and in the studio and record his own songs, and Eric B kind of like got his label to put this Freddie Fox record out. The Freddie Fox record didn't do very well. And so he kind of got dropped from the label, or the label shelved his next album, and then, then Freddie Fox started being down with like Queen Latifah, and he was like in Queen Latifah's crew and recorded another record under the umbrella of Queen Latifah, but that never came out. So in the 90s, uh, Freddie Fox just became famous for doing like really great cameos on people like Boogie Down Productions records, like OC's records, MOP's records, Gangstar records. And he really didn't come out with a record that like, got him well-known until, like, 99, I think. He came out with uh, Bumpy Knuckles, Industry Shakedown, which is... I remember when that came out. Um, I remember Steve Trachtenberg bought it when it came out. But before that, he really didn't have an album that was well-known. He was just, like, existing, like, as a hustler and, like, a tough mm. guy. Like, And he's, like, pretty well-known for being rough yeah. guy for, you know, for you know doing whatever he needs to do and he's there's like apparently some stories about him pistol whipping people and telling industry people to fuck off to their face and like he's a hard fucking guy mm-hmm. he even like he, he even like talks shit about like Tim Dog and I don't know if you guys know Tim Dog I don't know who he is but is he not one to be messed with well you wouldn't think so but like Bobby Knuckles is shit no he's not he actually Tim Dog's uh, like big album was called Fuck Compton and it was about how we hated NWA and those guys and um he had like beef with like Ultramagnetic back in the day and stuff he was just like pissed off he's he's an I think I think on this song I'm gonna play he actually says he's the angriest man in New York <laughs> which you know I can believe it's pretty mm-hmm. angry so uh so for this for this this is off a BDP Sex and Violence album which is the last BDP album after that Karis one just started to do albums as Karis one um, it's. I think it's kind of. It's like it's. I think it was the worst selling of the BDP records. It only sold two hundred fifty thousand copies, and that's coming off the album before it, which was the was it the Blueprint or whatever album came before it sold like you know it was five hundred thousand records. And I don't know. People kind of look down on this record as a BDP record, but I think it's still great. I, I really enjoy it, and. Um, yeah, so this song's called Rough Rough. And one thing I want people to listen for is this great thing about Freddie Fox Freddie Fox's verse is that he's just talking about like he's so mad on it. And he's he, he's got one line about like if he doesn't like you and he sees you in the crowd while he's performing, he's going to put the mic down and come beat you up. And then there's this other part about how he's <laughs> If this guy he doesn't like, so he's going to break into the guy's house and he's going to punch you, he's going to punch the guy in the mouth. Then he's gonna knock his wife out. Then he's gonna wait for he, for the guy to put his kids away because he doesn't want the kids to get hurt because he wants the kids to grow up to be adults so that he can fuck with them when they're adults. <laughs> wow, it's commitment. Yeah, that's pretty angry. Yeah, he's very angry, and <laughs> it may, and he's really good at rapping. And it, um, yeah, I love it. Bumpy Knuckles, Freddie Fox, BDP, Rough Rough. Check this out. All jokes aside, let's get busy. Word. Last message, KRS one and I have. Ha. Everybody for some reason wanna be a gangster. You know, I'm nothing about being a gangster. Hey yo, check this out. This is Freddie F O 
That was Rough Rough off BDP's album Sex and Violence featuring Freddie Fox, aka Bumpy Knuckles. Yeah. I really like that song. Yeah, I don't think I've listened to any Bumpy Knuckles stuff. Like when you put this 
As a song you're gonna play, I didn't know the connection. Pretty funky. Funky bass line. Dude, it is funky. Yeah. It's really raw rap, right? There's not really a chorus to that song. Like, he does repeat that one thing at the beginning and the end, but there's not really a chorus. And just like, I think Karis won freestyles yeah, most of, if not all of what he does. And then, you know, Bumpy Knuckles raps for like, I don't even know how many bars he raps for. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, he's really angry and it's great. I love it. Is he actually angry or is that just his persona? No, I think he's really kind of angry. I think he kind of grew up kind of rough and uh he's really that kind of dude like he's really about he's kind of from that old school hip-hop era where if you talked about it you had to be about it so he was you know he would not to say that he he's ever killed anyone i doubt he has but he he will you know he will fight you (laughs) not you yeah but probably wouldn't want to come to winnipeg anyway well, I'm sure he would if there's enough money, but I think, you know, it's like, he doesn't, he won't take any shit, right? Because, like, even before he ever put out a record or put out a song, he was, he was driving, like, nice cars and had money, and I don't know, I don't know exactly why, how, but I'd imagine from, you know, being tough. Yeah. <laughs> Selling shit. Yeah, maybe, who knows, right? <laughs> And uh, so yeah, like he he's he's a funny guy. I was actually reading this article recently about how because I was saying how him and Rakim grew up two doors down from each other, and like Rakim like in two thousand eight even was saying talking shit about uh, Bumpy Knuckles, and and then I read his his response in another article, and he's mad. He's like. <laughs> He's just like talking so much shit about Rakim. He's like, "Oh, that motherfucker is always talking shit." And so I think he really is angry. He comes out like if you go on if you go on Google and like Google Freddie Fox interviews, like he's he comes off as angry in every one. <laughs> yeah, it's not one reason. Seemingly having a good day. Well, he, it is like he because even on the ones he is having a good day, he's laughing, but he's still laughing about like. In a, in an angry man kind of way, you know, mm-hmm. like he's angry. He is angry. He's, he's good. I like him. I'm not angry, but I I like some people when other people are sometimes. It's weird. Well, it's weird because it's almost like amusing how angry people can be. I think must get angry. And then it can be. Oh yeah, John gets angry. John oh, I get really angry, but like <laughs> it's, it's not bumpy knuckles angry. Well, it comes from a different place. Well, yeah. you just don't have the you don't you don't have like the power. To be bumpy knuckles angry. No, that seems like a full time gig too. You really got to. <laughs> well, no, but if you're it. gonna like, if you're gonna, I don't want to go that far because you, you you can't be angry enough to pistol whip someone because who are you gonna pistol? No, that would be terrible. Do you think you he was do born that. angry? No. Do you, I don't think babies are. Well, maybe they are. <laughs> they don't. They're not happy. Maybe about his mom was born. angry and kind of transferred over. Maybe to she me. was like screaming in anger when she was having birth. Because remember That's that whole thing about like. The Scientologists like have the thing where you're not allowed to give birth. You're not allowed to make any noise when you give birth because oh, you want weird. the you want the child to like be born into a peaceful world. Wow, I wonder if they have a thing about like not medicating during the process as well. That would make it doubly difficult. That's a good question. But I, I think I, like sort of screaming can lead to peacefulness. You know, like primal scream therapy. Primal scream therapy. Grid scream. It's got to be. One of those in this area? Probably. Probably. What, a primal screen clinic? Yeah. 
<laughs> There's probably some laughing yoga nearby. I'm sure, there's some primal screen therapy. Maybe I don't. Know. I've never heard of it. No, that was it. Was a '60s thing, right? Primal screen was that actually? A oh, it was actually a thing. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I know. I feel. I feel good after screaming. <laughs> I did have an idea to invent the screen pillow, <laughs> and it was like it was. It was going to be a pillow that was full of like some soundproofing material. So you could let out all your rage without like disturbing those around you, or you could just let out that you know it's like letting off steam. You Wait, should like market that. Should I go under dra- Dragon's well, Den? You shouldn't let it out of the bag. It's already you know you just aired it on public radio. If you if you do that on like Dragon's Den, though, you might have to use it on Dragon's Den, or at least after when they don't give me. When that bald yeah. guy is just like fucking. Gonna rip into it. So what is what is your who are you gonna sell this to? I don't see the dollars. I'm out. I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm out. I like no. how they apologize. And then the again. woman would be like, John, I really see that you're a hard worker and you're a good person, but I gotta say, I don't see a market for this. I have to say, I'm out. I watched that show. <laughs> I know. I like that show. I watched I it today. I watched it today too. Wow. What on your computer? No, is that work? Have you ever seen um, there because the American there's an American version too called Sharks, Cage. Cage. I haven't watched it. And there's like that Kevin Hart guy. You know who that guy is? He's like a comedian. He hosted Saturday Night Live this year. He's like, he's uh, did a parody of that show. It's funny. <laughs> Wait, so what? Is he? He's, that's why they. Oh, he's it, the host. He was the host. Okay, he's like, it's not like a rich. That's why they call it Shark Box. <laughs> that was one of. The, I laughed really hard at that skit. <clears throat> so this is a Witch Police Radio. Yeah, the theme has been b- bumpy. I guess we should wrap it up. So we're one down here, yeah. So you can catch us at uh, www.witchpolice.com on Twitter at Witch Police FM on Facebook. I don't even know. Just search. We are the Witch Police, maybe? We are the Witch Police. Yeah, I think so. Uh, or just search Witch Police on Facebook. Um, our guest has been Sam Kulak. Hello. Sam, do you want to talk about your cooking? Why would I want to talk about that? Do you, want, you don't want to talk about people coming to see you at your restaurant? I don't have a restaurant. I work at one. And they probably couldn't see me. This is over. <laughs> We're ending. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where can they get your music? Oh, my music. Oh, yeah. They can email me, as we had mentioned before, at funkeverything.com. Maybe we can go out for a coffee and I can, you know... Funk everything at hotmail.com. Is that what I said or no? No, it's not. Okay. Well, funk everything at hotmail.com. Where would you take them for a coffee? I don't know. There's many coffee places now in the city. Where I went to go? Postal for the first time the other day. Never heard of that place. Yeah, I did that one up recently Saint too. Boniface. It's good. Oh, Cafe Postal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that place. Um, Dece. Yeah, but you can... The cassettes anyway are $3 a piece. So fairly affordable. If you're a student or, you know, unemployed, you can still afford it. Can't argue with that. Uh, and one last thing to mention was that we're also on uh, the radio Monday nights on UMFM 101.5. But maybe this is where you're hearing it. Probably not. Hard to say. Every I like UMFM. People should listen to it more often. Both of them. CKW and UMFM. Not so much. No, just kidding. Yes, both of them. Yeah. What else are they going to listen to on the radio? Q. Gian Gomeshi. That's your favorite, John. Idiots. Does John listen to Gian Gomeshi? No, I really... I, you I, do. You I, I love-hate relationship with Gian Gomeshi. You love him. 
Well, I'd like to hear if he's inter- uh, interviewing anyone interesting. Rick Moranis today. It was Rick Moranis. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. He has a train collection. Doesn't really? he? Rick Moranis? He might. You know who's the worst is fucking Stromalopoulos. Yeah. That guy's the worst. Did you... I, I don't know. This may have come up on a previous podcast. Did you read about the interview you gave? Because he's going to yeah. have like a thing on CNN. Oh, yes. Really? He's a fucking... I couldn't... Douche. I thought that, that, was, that seemed like an onion... Bit if you like, yeah, you're Cana- really a Canadian fake. onion. Yeah. Bit. yeah, he's the worst. He's kind of the worst. Eh, I don't know. I have no opinion either way. Once you get, once you get in there, <laughs> the worst part is he would start every one of his shows going, "Hey, candidates, your boyfriend." It's like what? That's how he starts every one of his shows. <laughs> like implying that he's Canada's boyfriend. Yeah, and then like on, he was like, I guess you didn't read that article. How about? Okay, whatever. We're not. I'm not gonna go off about Stromalopoulos right now. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna end on uh, a little more CanCon. Uh, I'm gonna play a song by Manitoba, now known as Caribou. Um, I played a Caribou song a little while back, so you know, wouldn't to say too much about him. But this was released um, on his album Up in Flames, which was first released when he was still under the name Manitoba, before he got sued by. Guy and had to change his name to Caribou. <laughs> that guy. That guy. Handsome. What was that guy? Handsome man. Handsome Dick. Handsome John. Dick. Handsome Dick Manitoba. Manitoba. What band was he in? Who knows? Who cares? Who knows? Whatever. He's he in like a pretty iconic band though. Like was he? Can't just he was on a. He's a rapper or something. I think. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He was like in a punk band. No, he played with that guy. He just played the Bumpy Knuckles. Get out of here! You're <laughs> making me fucking play with Bumpy Knuckles. How angry I am right now. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to play a song I've lived on a dirt road all my life Which um, You know if you've ever gone to like a house Join the club Down a dirt road Yeah It's a bumpy business I think uh, he's just Getting down with A lady friend While they're on the road Which would also That's be fucking gross Quite bumpy Ooh, I know a good song about that About getting down on a bumpy road Well on a road yeah. Ooh What what song? Uh, it's by Will, Will Oldham Um is that Gary Oldham's son? No, no, no. Bonnie Prince Billy. Oh. Do you know that song? No. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll save it for another time. Yeah, the next bumpy episode. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. I was Tune gonna. Do, I was gonna do. I was trying to find songs about cocaine because that's why I was gonna play the Rayquan oh, one. That's a good call. That's... I was gonna play Knuckleheads by Rayquan. Who's the Knuckleheads? Want our respect. Because, like, pretty much the whole album is about doing cocaine. They start the song by doing cocaine. Well, it's about... Well, it's about, like, cocaine. It's about, like, robbing people who aren't smart about their business and don't know how to... Any, did you have any honorable mentions, Sam, that you didn't get to play? Um, no, but now that we mentioned that, that uh, song about Bumpy uh, Roll, I can't remember what the name of the song is, so I don't... Good, uh, thanks. Great gonna, for that. That's really anything. good. You've been a great guest. <laughs> I feel sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Three beers deep. More than that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> Be safe.